So this morning I want to share about hearing the voice of the shepherd, um, because this has been a little bit on my mind for a little while, and I have thought of the, all the references in the Bible about sheep and shepherds, and we are the sheep and Jesus is a shepherd, and it kind of started me, got me thinking a little bit about this idea about why are we the sheep. And then recently when Adam has talked about wealth in the last couple of weeks, and he has asked the question of what are our wealth when we are tired, where do we go to? And it's really challenged me that question about where do I go when I need refreshment? Where do I go when I need rest? Um, which made me think about which voice do I listen to? Which voice do I respond to? What am I aware of? What am I hearing? What am I listening to? Um, because when you go to a well, it's because it calls out to you. Yeah. So when I get home and I'm tired, which voice do I listen to more? The TV, the wine, the food, the whatever, or do I listen to the voice of Jesus? Because all the voices are all going on at the same time. So I'm going to explore a little bit about this idea of voices and the voice of the shepherd. But let's start in Isaiah 40, verse 11, where he says, Like a shepherd, he will tend his flock in his arm. He will gather the lambs and carry them in his bosom. He will gently lead the nursing ewes. And we know that Jesus is the good shepherd. And um, according to Google, which is very reliable, there are uh, 220 references to sheep in the Bible like 220 times where we are either referred us to the sheep or Jesus and God are referred to as the good shepherd, which is very interesting because why sheep? You know, why not something else like an eagle or unicorn? Um, but, you know, why is Jesus comparing himself to a shepherd? No, why something, uh, something has been more majestic or exciting or, you know, Yes, he is the king, and we know he is the king, but a lot of time he compares himself to a shepherd, which it's not really a job that you would associate a king with, but he compares himself to the shepherd, which makes us the sheep. And I'm not really exactly sure why, but I believe it has something to do with the characteristics and the nature of sheep, and what are they like, and what are their characteristics, because I'll... As we go on, we will see about how we have an idea of what sheep are like, but actually they're not. But if Jesus says we are the sheep, then we must understand why. We must understand what about the sheep do Jesus want us to be more like. What do sheep do that is so important? And if he's the good shepherd and we're the sheep, then we have to look at sheep and see what they do and maybe learn from them. You know, what are they like? What one of the main characteristics of sheep is that they recognize the voice of the shepherd and they follow him. The voice of the shepherd brings them comfort and security. Jesus said in John 10:27, "My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me." Sheep follow the voice of their own shepherd, no other shepherd. The Bible says that the sheep know the voice of the shepherd. They are not without understanding. They follow the one whom they know. The sheep is at the front and leads the sheep. Uh, the shepherd is at the front and the sheep follow him. 
Now, I'm reading a book at the moment, and this book, the author speaks about a time she went to Israel and came across a field, and so she was somewhere, sat at the top, and she was looking across this field, and when she saw three shepherds coming together and talking, and as they came together, their three flock came and just merged into one big flock, um, and she thought, you know, it was very interesting to see how these sheep, they weren't very separate, they weren't very different from one another, but they just came. So she said it was interesting, so she decided to stay and wait until the shepherds would go their separate ways to see how they would start recognizing each other. And after a little while, the shepherds said their goodbyes and they were on their way. And as they moved away and they walked away, they all at the same time started calling their sheep and, or whistling or however you call the sheep. And the sheep recognized the voice of their own shepherd. And before you knew it, from that one big flock, there were three separate flocks. They knew where to go. They knew the shepherd, even though they all called at the same time. They could have easily been like, oh, is that my shepherd? I'm not really sure. Let's go to one of them. One of them looks like my shepherd. He has a woolly hat, therefore I'll follow him. <laughs> but they knew the voice of their own shepherd, and they followed their own shepherd. And not just that, they knew their flock and they followed their flock. Um, they, this is the way they, the sheep are separated into separate herds after grazing or sleeping together. The shepherd calls the sheep and they come. They don't need markings to distinguish them. All they need is the sound of the shepherd's voice. You know, we often say the sheep are not very clever. But very interestingly, they are actually the fifth most intelligent animal behind pigs and other ones. <laughs> Number one, two, three, two, one. But they are the fifth smart animal. They learn to recognize voices, faces, and facial expressions from a very young age. Now, they get a bit of a reputation, sheep. They are stupid, defenseless, harmless, harmless creatures that mop about the hillside doing not very much. You know, they are good for two things, being eaten and producing wool. This is kind of like the general idea that we have of sheep. But actually, in reality, the sheep are actually surprisingly intelligent with impressive memory and recognition skills. They build friendship, stick up for one another in fights, and feel sad when their friends are sent to slaughter. They know what happens. I oh, know. They're also one of the most destructive creatures on the planet. So in this article that I was reading, it, we read that nowadays to be a sheep is to be someone who mindlessly follows others, a waste of flesh and brain cells, according to the Urban Dictionary. This is what we believe of sheep, but actually they're not that stupid. Um, you know, we just think they're dumb, they follow, they eat, they eat some grass and they follow the other sheep and they can get lost because they get so excited about grass. But actually, I think Jesus knew about the sheep because he created them and he knew why he compared us to sheep, not just dumb follow one another, but it's a bit more deep than that. Um, in 2001, a study by Keith Kendrick uh, found that they recognize and remember at least 50 individual faces for more than two years. That's longer than most humans. <laughs> or men. This is not my words, by the way. This is the article. <laughs> um, 
But if you look again in Gen John 27, and we read the verse after, 27 and 28, it says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. So it's, that's what the shepherd does. When one of the sheep is missing, he goes and finds it. doesn't let them, anyone snatch out their hand. So we know the sheep are smarter than we thought, and they recognize voices and faces. But how do they do that? And more importantly, how do we get to recognize the voice of God, the shepherd, and follow him? Now in this verse, it says that we must recognize the voice and follow him. So there's kind of like a two-step. If you know the voice, you can follow it. Well, the question is, how good is our hearing? Whose voice do we recognize? Whose voice do we listen to? Do we listen to the voice of TV, of music, media, society, all those other things, our own needs? Do we listen to the voice of our own desires? Do we listen to the voice of what we want to do? To which voice do we respond? To which voice are we more acute to listen? You know, similar to this, Adam asked last week and the week before, what is your well? Where do you go when you need refreshment? Where do you go when you need rest? In other words, what is on your mind? When, because when you are tired, you don't really think. You just kind of on autopilot. That's why you put the TV on, because you're like, oh, I'm tired, I'm going to do this. But you, without realizing, you're responding to the voice of that. You're listening. You choose without maybe sometimes wanting to choose, to, to that be your well. You choose to, for that to be your refreshment for that evening. And then you think, I will make time later to be spent time with God. At least that's how I do it sometimes. I'm like, oh, you know, I'm not really good in the evenings anyway. Might as well leave it for tomorrow morning. And then tomorrow morning, I'm like, might as well leave it for the weekend when I've got all the hours. But without, by doing that, I'm choosing other wells. I say that I'm going to choose Jesus to be my well at the weekend, but until then, all those other things throughout the week have been my well. So, if we read in Matthew 11, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You will find rest for your souls. I often find rest for my body. I often find rest for, from work. But do I find rest for my soul? Because this is what it's all about. The well, there is Jesus, gives you rest for your soul, which is eternal and not just for the moment. You know, he, Jesus is the ultimate well. He is the one that gives rest and refreshment, but we must know his voice to follow it. You see, when the sheep stick with the shepherd and they follow him, they get all they need. They are together, they are protected, they are secure, they get fed. They might think that they are encaged in this pen, but actually they are protected. But you know, I was... I feel like I read so much about sheep this week. I could write an essay. 
But what also sheep tend to do, they, do, they are very intelligent, they do listen to the voice of the shepherd, but what they tend to do is they tend to just eat grass and eat grass and eat grass. But then they don't really think, where am I going? I'm just saying, oh, there's some more grass here, I'm going to go here, and some more grass here. And this is how actually they get lost. You see, they just eat and eat and eat, and they worry about their little tummy being filled, and they just wander off. But in this moment, this is when it's important for them to know the voice. When they're all together, it's important for them to know the voice. But actually, when they get lost, they need to be able to recognize the voice because the shepherd will come looking for them. And then the voice of the shepherd brings them comfort and security. And they know they're found when they recognize the voice. Now, learning to recognize is a little bit of a journey. It's a process. It's takes a bit of time. You need to get to know Jesus and God more to be able to recognize his voice. You need to be in deeper relationship to be able to recognize the voice. And my question is, but how do we do that? Um, and last week when Adam was sharing about our wells and what are wells, he said that he particularly hasn't really heard God in an actual voice. And then he did a, a voice of Adam, blah, blah, blah. Uh, <laughs> But we, we imagine that sometimes, don't we? Uh, especially, you know, Adam, he, he must hear the voice of God in a very holy voice, and he must be divine, and he must come at midnight. Uh, you know, no, he's sleeping at the time. But he said that the voice is in his thoughts, but he recognizes it and follows it. How? Now, if we look at sheep again, because I haven't done all that reading for nothing. You see, from birth, lambs are conditioned to follow the flock. They get a big, sheep get a bad reputation for their flock mentality and following, but God created them with an instinct to stick together as a means of survival. That instinct allows the lamb to flourish, and even sheep that are introduced to a new flock later on will follow other sheep until they recognize the voice of the shepherd. Now, a little lamb doesn't know who the shepherd is. They don't know who is, why should they follow them. But they are, are surrounded by other sheep just like them. So then to start with, they don't follow the voice of the shepherd. They don't recognize it. They probably, for them, it's just another noise. But they follow other sheep. And in time, they understand when, that when that noise happens and those other sheep go in, I'm also going. So therefore, they follow other sheep. This is a great, amazing picture of the church, of discipleship, of how we should operate. The body of Christ is like the flock of the sheep. We must follow one another in order to learn to recognize Jesus' voice. In 1 Corinthians 4, verse 16, we read, Therefore, I urge you to imitate me. We read that Paul encourages the people of Corinth to imitate him, not because he's Jesus or because he's better than Jesus or because he's got it all sorted out, but because Paul was there. They recognized Paul. They knew who Paul was. Therefore, if they imitate Paul, they will imitate God because Paul was imitating God. We have examples all around us of people that imitate God, the people that recognize the voice. So if you can't recognize it yet, you can look at somebody that does, and following them will lead us to the shepherd. Following one another, listening to one another, there's always going to be someone at least one step ahead of you that you can look up to. Which you, this is what's so amazing is about 
being together in a community, in, in family. And this is what our discipleship groups are all about, being together, listening to one another, and learning from one another as we learn, as we listen, as we share, as we grow. And as we learn from one another, we get to know God's voice more. Just like the lambs, they learn the, God's vo- uh, the shepherd's voice by being together, by listening to where the other sheep are going. They're not just, oh, well, I heard some noise, I'm going to go by myself. No, the, all the other ones are going. They know what they're doing. They've been here a while. I'm going to follow them. Um, we know, when we know someone very well, we will recognize their voice. We will recognize it among other voices. As you get to know God more, you will recognize his voice and you won't seem like a strange thought or you're waiting for this divine voice to come. We will recognize the context of what they are saying. Now, if you listen to this video, oh no, it's just a bit of an audio, and I want you to tell me if you can recognize who this is. Clearly, people, businesses, and public services should only have to plan for one oh. set of changes in the relationship between the UK. Okay. <laughs> How do we know it's Theresa May? Because of what she's talking about. It's not particularly for her voice. Her voice, yes, is distinguished, but it's not just her voice. It's what she's talking about that we recognize. If you'd be Theresa May talking about bacon, you, I'm, sure you, I'm not sure you would have recognized it straight away. Now, it's, when you know someone, you know the things they would be saying and the things they wouldn't be saying. You know where they stand. You know, when you get a text message from somebody, you don't start questioning, is it them? Was it actually them? I don't know. Is it me or is it them? Mm, I'm not really sure. It sounds like them. The name at the top of the text says them, but I'm not sure. You know. You know who you're talking to. You, you know people around you. You know it because they will be saying something like that, um, which reminded me of a little while back. A colleague of mine from work used to like to prank me. He used to take my phone and text Matthew from my phone. But surprising, Matthew would know every single time there wasn't me. He would be like, uh, Steve, why are you taking Anka's phone again? <laughs> and he was always like, how do you know? But what was amazing about it was that Matthew knew how I talk. Maybe because I'm foreign and I have my, <laughs> my little grammar mistakes. But he, was, he knew me. He knows my heart. He knows how I talk. He knows what I would say. He knows what I wouldn't say. He knows... We have our own little language that we understand each other. And it doesn't matter that it was in a text that at the top he said Anka. He knew it was an Anka. Now it's the same with God. The, way, the more you get to know him, the more you recognize his voice. And then you don't have to wonder, oh, I need to give someone some flowers. Is that God? Is not, is not that? Oh, I'm not really sure. I mean, God is love, but does he really want me to spend my own money? Oh, I'm not really. You will just be like, yes, that's God, because I know who God is. I know what he stands for. I know who he is. I know his heart. Therefore, it is God. You don't have to wonder. At the beginning, maybe, if we say, um, next month, Matthew and I will have known each other for eight years. Now, eight years ago, he might have been like, I'm not really sure if this is Anka. I'm not really sure what she likes, what she doesn't like. But in time... He doesn't even have to think about it. He knows who I am. He knows what I believe. He knows what the things I would say and the things I wouldn't say. So in time, the relationship that you have with God allows you to know who he is. 
more and more. So then when you hear the voice, you don't wonder. You don't wait for a divine voice. You don't wait for an actual voice. When you have a thought, you're like, yeah, that is God, because God loves people. Therefore, this thought is about loving people. Why wouldn't it be God? He says, the more we get to know him, the more we recognize him and his character and his voice. The more we know his heart towards us and his thoughts and his plan for us, the more we know it's God. In Romans 10, verse 14 and 15, excuse me, we read, How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. We have one another. How, can, how else can we hear if we don't have someone leading us to that? How else can we listen to the voice if I don't know what the voice is? How else can I know, get to know somebody if I don't know them? There's the point of getting to know somebody. You don't know them. Therefore, somebody else knows them. Somebody around you knows them. We have people around us that have shown us the way. It is God and it is Jesus, but it's him in people all around you. Who do you have around? Who do you imitate? I put here, everyone around you will influence you, but you can choose who's around you. And... I just want to finish with this thought about our discipleship groups and our life groups. And this is what they're all about. On a Sunday, it's great because you have someone standing here and you're listening. But on those times when you're just in someone's living room and no matter what the weather is, you, you've turned up and you've made an effort to get out of the house when you could have easily watched another episode of something. And you are there and you're together and you're listening and you're praying for one another. And to be honest, sometimes what I love about those times is that you are midweek. So you're in the middle of something's happened to some people. Sometimes you see them on a Sunday, but you don't see them in between. So sometimes when we get together, it's like, oh, well, actually today this happened. And actually it just happened a few hours ago. So you're there together sharing, opening up. And they are really, really amazing time. And I'm I think I wanted to finish with this thought of the discipleship group because I am absolutely loving my discipleship group. But I need to be honest with you that a while, about a year ago, when um, I got a text saying that, you know, the groups, and I was like, oh, I really kind of want to be with my closest friends, you know. I want to be with my friends. And in my head was like, we're going to hang out and maybe talk about some Jesus and have some good times. And then I wasn't put with my closest friends. I was put with some other amazing people. And um, I was like, okay, well, I want to go to discipleship group. I, dis- I said I want to go to discipleship group. I never said I want to go unless this, this, this happens. So I went and, you know, and I absolutely love them because I get to know more people that I didn't get to know as, as much before. I get to learn from them because they are amazing and they've been through things. Um, you know, and actually, I went back to Adam and I said, Adam, thank you so much for the group that you have placed me in because I am enjoying it so much. Like one night, I remember we cried and we laughed, and then we went back to crying about five times. And then I, they, when they went, my heart was just so full of like, I don't know, it was 
the pain they were from the crying, but as well as the joy. And I was just like, I love these people. They have come here into my house and they have shared their lives and they have shared who they are. They did not have to do that. And then they prayed for me and then we prayed for one another and then I listened to them and then they want to tell me things and they want to listen to my things as well. It was just amazing. Every month when we meet, I am so excited for them because it's just what it is all about. It's I'm learning from somebody that knows a little bit more than me. And hopefully I can help somebody as well through the things that I've been. And I'm listening to their voice because learning from them, I'm learning from God. God is in all of them. So, you know, I'm hoping that I'm not the only one that maybe feels like that at times. Um, and yeah, they are amazing and I am very glad that I'm in. I'm very glad that I have, I had an opportunity at that time to either be like, well, I, yeah, I could easily just hang out with my friends or I could just go to this thing. It's cold, it's busy, I have a busy life. But actually, giving it all made me, made me gain more from it, not anybody else. So, yeah, there are good times. So, yeah, I think it's Hypership Park this week. Sorry if I'm doing your job. But, yeah, they are really good times and enjoy going to them. So, yeah, thanks. Thank you.